I said I always remember the wood grain beneath my feet in a busy street. I never said I was angry, but I think I'm still in misery. But it's what I needed, and it took me by surprise. Sometimes I think I'm down. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Shot Callers presented by 48 Minutes Network. I'm your host, Kyle Brandon. Joining me today, my good friend. Producer Tim, Producer Tim, how's it going, man? What's up, man? I'm happy to be on Shot Callers, 20-inch blades on the Impala. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, ben Brown couldn't make it today, uh, so he will be missed. Pour one out for Ben Brown, uh, but he will be back very soon. Um, today we have a very fun show. We're going to be talking some Houston Rockets. Uh, we've got an awesome guest, Nick Canizales. Uh He's the sports director at KCEN NBC News in Waco. Nick, how's it going? It's going good, man. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on and your fantastic show. And, dude, I'm ready to talk some NBA. It's going to be a good season. Let's do it, man. And uh, you're down there in Waco, right? Correct. Baylor Bear Country. Bear Country. Right on. Are you a big Baylor fan? Yeah, well, it pays the bill, so I have to uh, have to be a Baylor fan. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've grown, in, I've grown into, you know, being a huge Baylor fan and, if they do well, then I get to travel all over the country. If they don't do well, then I sit here in Waco and pretty much uh, twiddle my thumbs. Yeah. Do you care about Corey Coleman at all? I do. I mean, Corey was a good guy. I love covering him here at Baylor. Uh, you know, he. I think going to New England now is going to help him tremendously, especially with Brady, because he just – I thought he was going to do great things in Cleveland. Injuries have hampered him, and uh, it was time to get out of there. I mean, he had what – not even a sip of coffee in Buffalo until they released him, but but yeah, uh, right now, scene. yeah, <laughs> but T- yeah, TB12, man, TB12 should turn his career around. I yeah. hope so because he made Philip Dorsett look really good for a week. Oh no! <laughs> so Waco is between uh, San Antonio, Dallas, and Houston. Right? Yeah, Austin. Kind of... Austin's about an hour uh, hour south. So we got the University of Texas. We covered Texas A&M. So SEC country, Big Twelve country. How do you choose if you're if you're in between the Spurs, uh, the Rockets, and the Mavericks? How do you are you kind of just grandfathered in to a team or no? Well, I'm a, well, Rockets. You know, my my grandpa, my dad, myself, my son, my whole family's Rockets fan. My wife is a San Antonio Spurs fan, so of course she loves to rub it in when they go to the playoffs or win titles. And then the Mavs, <laughs> I guess year. they're like a I guess they're like an adopted team. But I think they'll do well here in a few years. Give them about two about two years. They'll be fine. Team Luca, baby. Oh, I know. And Dirk Nowitzki loves what he sees right now from them. Yeah, I saw that. So it's going to be a good year, though, for them. Not this year, but 1920. Yeah. We're, I'm, I'm down. We're kind of the same way in Cincinnati where we're kind of like on the cusp. Um, we got Pacers fans and Cavs fans. Uh, Bulls fans. Some Bulls. Oh, mm. Yeah, hey, the Bulls. <laughs> Your former uh, guy, Luau Deng. Uh, didn't he? Didn't he just sign with the T Wolves or resigned? Or they're running it back. They're literally running it back. Yeah, <laughs> it's <yeah>. like <laughs> there's no getting around it. <laughs> right on. All right, uh, so we'll get into it. Uh, let's start at the most painful moment in, I'm sure, recent history for you as a Rockets fan. Uh, game seven of the Western Conference Finals last year. Uh, missing 27 threes in a row. I'm sorry to just kind of go was right bad. into it, but yeah, uh, kind of walk me through uh, what you were what you were feeling um, that day. 
Well, you know, the unfortunate injury to Chris Paul proved and showed everybody that how valuable he was. Because without him, uh, you saw it right there. Couldn't make a three-pointer. They got behind. You know, you would sit there and wait for James Harden or Trevor Reese or somebody to step up and start making shots. They didn't. And, uh, you know, you go from you just need to win one of two to go to the finals, and then uh, you end up getting, you know, beat the, the last two games. And it's just an unfortunate, you know, turn of events where, you know, a lot of people, when when Houston got Chris Paul, they were saying, well, can these two guys coexist together? They both need the basketball. They did. They looked really, really good throughout the season. Number one seed, they were unstoppable. And then uh, he gets hurt, and I tell you what, it goes downhill. But the promise, the promise that uh, this team has uh, shows me that, you know what, I'm ready for this year. Of course, you know, the chatter is they're going to head into this season. Title aspirations again, a noticeably different roster. You lost Ryan Anderson. Thankfully, they traded him to New Orleans because uh, this, this guy, you know, he had that big, fat contract. And uh, the Rockets have been, you know, for a couple of years been trying to move him. So finally, they got rid of him. They got rid of DeAnthony Melton, which, you know, he was a draft pick. Uh, Marquise Chris, who's a guy, number eight overall pick uh, in the 2016 draft, has not come close to even fulfilling his potential uh, also get Brandon Knight. You know, he's coming off the uh, torn ACL. Don't really know what he's going to do. We know that he's going to get minutes of reserve in a reserve role uh, behind CP3. But, you know, Knight is, is kind of a uh, he's kind of an interesting character there. He's got two years and $30 million left in his contract. Is he going to be 100% healthy, uh, especially going into this year, um, and, and, be, and play a really good reserve role? I don't know. I don't, we're gonna have to wait and see, but they made a lot of moves. It wasn't any. It wasn't anything um, that was like, oh wow, like eye popping, like LeBron going to the Lakers. I mean, they they made some uh, made some under the radar moves. You know, uh, Michael Carter Williams, which actually I kind of like that deal. You know, former Rook of the Year. You he needs a, February. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. I mean, this guy. You know, he need. You know, like a lot of people, maybe need a change of scenery. Uh, they also got uh, 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 who else? In, uh, of course, Carmelo uh, Ennis. And, you know, some of these guys that for depth purposes, and uh, you know they play up and down, and, and they just need shooters. Is probably what it is, shooters. But I think the one guy that I, I really miss, and the Rockets going to really miss, is Trevor Ariza because the way that he can not only score, but he's a shutdown defender, and he plays like the, he, he defends the best player on the court. So. As a Rockets fan and covering the Rockets, that's one guy that I I hate seeing him go to Phoenix. But hey, listen, money talks, and and I would go to Phoenix myself if they were offering that amount of money. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, yeah. Um, and there's a chance you might get him back too. That we'll, is true. We'll get, in, we'll get after, into some Trevor Reza. Season. Season. We'll get into some Trevor Reza here in a minute. Um, but going back to last year, um, I don't want to harp on this too much. No, no, no. You're fine. It's just facts. You're just harping on facts. facts. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Um, if Chris Paul is healthy, do they win that game? No doubt. No doubt, no doubt in my mind. No and Pretty just the way that he is, uh, that he played throughout the series. And, and the team is just a whole different ball club with him. Without him, you know, James Harden, he's got to have the ball in his hands. He's going to shoot 30 or 40 times. So... 
I don't know, you know, uh, but I am 100% sure that they do win that game, and then they go on to the finals and win the finals. That is is 100% facts. Uh, Andre Iguodala is healthy, though. You know, Iguodala, you know, I don't think, you know, even though he played a big role for Golden State, I don't think he he would make that big of a difference than a Chris Paul. I mean, Paul, he can he can shoot the ball, dish the rock. You know, James Hart did. I mean, he his his stats were mind boggling. So that new offense of his of uh, with Mike D'Antoni that that helped out James Harden a lot. But I tell you what, you cannot replace a guy, a future Hall of Famer, uh, with you know a, a guy James Harden who is legitimately just a, a shooting guard. He didn't play defense at all, and uh, you saw where he couldn't hit the side of a barn. It was embarrassing. So, I have this theory, Nick, and I know Houston Rocket fans don't like it when I say this, and Kyle's heard me say this many times. Uh, I feel like Chris Paul won James Harden the MVP of this year. Um, he did. I feel oh, like, I, yeah, I think I, that. I agree like, with you. Yeah, I think that you know, if James Harden didn't have Chris Paul, we'd be talking about LeBron getting his, his, his another MVP, and I stand by that. And that's not being about being biased. It's me being honest. So and you kind of saw it in that in that Western Conference series in Game Six and Seven when Paul gets hurt, Harden really struggled. So let me ask you this: I'm not going to go and be the guy that says he can't perform in the playoffs because obviously he got them that far. Um, with Paul, I understand, but what is the feeling about James Harden in that series? Because at one point, you know, we talked about that 0 for 27 stretch. He was a big part of that 0 for 27 stretch. Oh no doubt. No doubt he was. You know, I think back in um, – I'm trying to think what game was it. Let's uh, see, seven. So I think it might have been game five when he went uh, 0 for 11. He, he shot horrifically. I think he was. He shot like 23% from the field, went 0 for 11, had like 19 points, a complete dud. They ended up still winning. But, but you know, if you're an MVP – you can't be having games like that. He had, I think, another 20-point game uh, back, I think, maybe in Game 3 or whenever they were blown out big time by, like, 40-something points. But, you know, I, this guy, he his shooting, especially from long range, killed Houston. And that was probably one of the factors of them losing because he could not come up big in the clutch. And until him and... Chris Paul, because we all know about Chris Paul's history, can't you know get to the finals, you know until those two show up and produce big time numbers and big time players in the postseason, they're going to be labeled as you know what? Well, there they go, choke again or not coming up in the clutch again. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I didn't, I didn't think that they'd be able to. I was, I was one of those people that was like, they I was have, nervous. They're not going to be able to gel well and uh, quickly quickly proven wrong um with both of them on the court they only lost like a handful of games all year was that weird record with those two and capella they were like 31 and 2 at one yeah. point so like why would you think they'll lose a seven game series oh i know uh, and you know clint capella's an interesting guy i mean he comes out of nowhere and has you know well you know the, the year before that he was averaging 12 points, about eight boards. So you kind of knew, you kind of saw the potential. Um, you know, he was a, he was a first round pick, uh, what in 2014. So mm-hmm. you know, you, you, first round picks, you know, they, they expect to deliver. Well, he didn't do anything the first year. Second year, he, he improved, got a little bit better. But I mean, year three it was a huge leap. And then this past year, of course, got him a fat contract. He was, uh, I tell you what, without him. Houston wouldn't be as good because he's a he he's six foot ten, clogs the lanes, 
grabs rebounds and blocks shots. And that's a guy that it's a kind of a matchup problem with other teams that don't have a big inside. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's that's he is kind of an X factor there. No, I agree. And you said he got a fat contract. Do you think his contract was fat enough? It took too long to sign. The, yes, it, it did. I just, Way I just, too long. I mean, was everybody. I think all of us knew that he was going to stay in Houston, but man. It just, it, yeah, it took way too long to get that deal done. And uh, but I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's back. And uh, you know, he he played a, a pivotal part uh, in the Rockets' success, you know, in the regular season, and then also uh, in the postseason as well. So uh, postseason came up big, 12 points, 11 boards. I mean, that's that's what you got to have, especially uh, with a guy like that. But uh, I'm, I'm fired up. Like I said, I'm fired up for him and. And then what all these other new players can bring to the table. A guy that is kind of lost in all this mess is uh, Luke Mabamute, which I know he had a shoulder injury, but he, he is a he, difference maker. For he sure. is a difference maker, and a lot of people might not see that because he is, you know, he's not one of the big stars of the team. But he is a difference maker, and uh, he's a guy like a reason that you know these two guys are going to. Uh, when the season comes along and start losing some games, going, you know what? You could point to those two and say, man, those two might have made a difference compared to uh, a Mello or a James Ennis or a Carter Williams or Brandon Knight or Chris or whatever. So we'll see what happens in the season. But I'll tell you what, this better be some fuel. The way they fell and walked out that court in Game 7 had to fuel them that, you know what, what happened then is not going to happen this year. So I'm actually looking. You mentioned Capella being a first-round pick, 25th overall in the 2014 draft, and that's a weird draft because you'll go through like the picks, and some are really nice. Obviously, like I think we can all agree still that Wiggins is probably still a top five pick in that draft. Oh yeah, even yeah, for yeah. how up and down his career is. Embiid, obviously, Jabari's the second pick in that draft. Oh, Aaron man. Gordon, but then it gets weird from there. Like Doug McDermott, 11th overall. He hasn't really done anything. T.J. Warren, 14th overall. I like T.J. Warren. Adrian Payne, 15th. James Young, who's no longer in the NBA, 17th. <laughs> Mitch McGarry went 21st. And Jordan Adams, I don't know if anyone even remembers that name, went 22nd. So, like, you can think, there's, like, if you redraft that draft, I bet you Compella goes in the top five. Oh, no doubt. If you look at uh, guys, I think, uh, didn't Dante Exum get in that, was in that draft? Was he in that draft? Yeah, he was a few picks before him. I think, actually, no, he, Dante Exum was the fifth pick. Yeah, he was um. early. Then you had... Uh, Marcus Smart was six. Julius Randle was seven. Yeah, Marcus Smart, see, I watched him. Uh, I got a first-hand look for two years at Oklahoma State. I thought he was, I mean, legit as they come. I thought he should have came out his freshman year, but he didn't. And, uh, I mean, he's still a solid player. Um, Zach, Le- Zach Levine? Or Levine? Levine? Levine. We don't Levine. have to talk about him, though, Nick. Trust me. I, uh, <laughs> 85 million reasons why we don't have to talk about him. But I mean the the whole the whole draft. I mean, you look at it from top to bottom. It's really not not any good at all. No, it's no. not. Like Shabazz Napier went twenty fourth. Yeah, and, Rodney Hood and and I am like the the uh, coldest you can be on Aaron Gordon. I'll say that. Of course, the Spurs at thirty got Kyle Anderson. So of course, the Spurs got a good player at thirty. And I thought I thought the Lakers at the time when they got Julius Randle was like, oh, this guy is great. I saw him play. Um, He's good uh, at uh, AT and T Stadium against Baylor. I thought he was really, really solid. Then he got injured, and it's like, well, now he's what? Where's he at now? Any like in Charlotte or something? New like Orleans, that? New, Orleans. New, Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, trying to rejuvenate I, his career. I would, I would, uh, I would buy some Julius Randle stock right now. Yeah, I, w- I would take him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they, what I would think might underpaid for Capella. Maybe it was market value. Maybe it was a little bit underpaid. 
Um, do you think that was kind of a move to try and compensate for the uh, crazy Chris Paul contract? I say crazy just because it is yeah. a lot of money for, for a guy that's had a, a tough uh, history of staying healthy and is definitely getting older. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and you also got to remember that the luxury tax, you know, probably restricted them from making any type of serious moves to kind of be in a better position of finally pulling off, you know, getting one of those big marquee players and uh, trying to dethrone Golden State. Uh, the you know the contracts here going forward, you know, Melo's on a one-year deal. They got a couple of the guys that uh, they can kind of toss to the side after this season. And they need to go out and get themselves. Maybe that because everybody is forming that super team. Everybody has the super team. You know, of course, Golden State's the standard. Stephen and and Durant and Draymond and Demarcus Cousins. Now that should be really interesting, along with Clay Thompson. So five All Stars. Who's going to compete with them? I don't think anybody right now. And then you Celtics. have Paul. Yeah, Celt- hey, Celtics are good. Celtics. You know, they should with with a healthy um, uh, Gordon Haywood back. This team, there's no reason why they shouldn't go to the finals. They should. They should have went. Look at the. They, they would have made the finals last year. I say just fast forward to Game Six of the finals because we're gonna be there. Yeah, that, no Maybe doubt. Game Seven, but I say we go to Game Six right now because it's gonna happen. No, no doubt. doubt. And I will. I am. I will buy that stock all day long. But I mean, anybody you know with with Houston and then you know like look at Toronto. Well, they got you know Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry now. Uh, that should be interesting. And then, you know, other than that, but I think that uh, the luxury tax played a huge part. Of, you know, like you talked about the Chris Paul contract and now Capella contract. Um, they're gonna, it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do going forward. But these guys are not getting any younger, especially Chris Paul oh, and Carmelo. And Carmelo, yeah. I mean, he's old and his you know, knees have is probably been shot. He's been playing the NBA since he was 19 years old. So he's got a lot of tread and wear and tear on those legs. All right, so this offseason, I know you guys were uh, looking forward to hopefully landing a big free agent by the name of LeBron James. Uh, you came up short with a uh, consolation prize in Mello. Uh, <laughs> at what point did you know that you were not going to get LeBron? Did you know before uh, the announcement? Yeah, or, I, I think we knew before the announcement going in that we knew that it was going to be really, really tough to get a guy like LeBron um, a lot of too many moving pieces here because of right answer salary. Here, here's the big picture here. LeBron had to opt in. So he had to opt in and try to pull off a sign and trade deal to, to make everything fit. And then uh, you you have to kind of get rid of some salaries here. Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson, you had to search for somebody that was going to take Anderson's salary. And then you got to build a LeBron trade without Anderson, and then sign a bunch of role players. What you're basically going to do, and there was just too much stuff to go on there. Rockets didn't have the money. Uh, we talked about the luxury tax. They they would be having to pay a lot of money in luxury tax for for the next year. So, you know, the consolation Carmelo Anthony and his uh, exception contract, and we'll yes. see how that goes. Absolutely. So I think he'll be better, honestly. Um, I don't think he'll be good, to be honest, but like he's going to be better than what he was in OKC. Uh, I do laugh at the like Carmelo stands that are like, well, he was bad because he played out of position. Like, no, he's bad because he has not evolved. Yeah, a little washed. Just yeah. a little. So talking about Ryan Anderson, who right now is the property of the Phoenix Suns for the next two years at $20 million and then 21 
million two hundred sixty-four thousand. And that was a reduced contract too. <laughs> how did you? How did Daryl Morey, who is a genius, get somebody to take this contract? Let alone a team that's trying to sign people and get better. Well, I think because Phoenix had some deep pockets. Um, you know, they're they're a young team. Uh, they just had uh, their big number one pick, and they're they're trying to they're trying to build some veterans along with their big rookies, and uh, so that's why Daryl Morey is one of the best GMs around because he can you know pretty much give I guess I guess there's like a sucker born every minute he can convince you know a team that hey look I got the assets this is what you need and uh, if you can just give me a couple of these little pieces like Marquise Chris. Dude, he's been a bust. Is he going to be a bust in Houston? I don't know. There's really no there's really no expectations for him uh, or Brandon Knight. Now Knight, like I said, he's coming off a big injury, but uh, we just need him to to play pretty decent. Um, you know, not average. You know, he doesn't have to do a lot of things. Just not turn the basketball over. Give Chris Paul a breather, and then when he comes back in, go back to the bench. But yeah, he he did a great job of convincing the Suns to take on this big old contract. And um, and that's why Anderson pretty much had to reduce his guarantee on his contract to fifteen point six million because that represents Brandon Knight's salary for the nineteen twenty uh, twenty twenty season. Uh, but you know, well, that you know that that trade was for Rockets fans a huge sigh of relief because let's face it, Ryan Anderson is not worth twenty million dollars. I don't know why he was even signed to that big of a deal anyway. But, you know, he, he played well and uh, just not a $20 million investment well. He is the highest paid player on the Suns by $5 million over former Rocket Trevor Reza. Trevor Reza. Yes, and then Tyson Chandler is making $13 million, <laughs> and TJ Warren is making $11,750,000. So, yeah, I would say Daryl Morey is a wizard for sure. Talking about Daryl Morey, though. How nervous were Rocket fans when his name came up as a potential GM for the Philadelphia 76ers? No, oh, not worried at all. Not worried at all because we know – hey, well, he knows what he has here in Houston. And even though Philadelphia – I love what Philadelphia has been doing. Uh, ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, uh, just a bunch of great pieces. And uh, you saw you know, that they can be a team on the rise. I mean, I wouldn't even doubt that this is a team that could go to the Eastern Conference Finals here – with the next couple of years with the talent they have. Uh, but now Rockets uh, Rockets fans in general, they weren't worried at all. And uh, they have all the confidence in the world that Daryl Morey is uh, going to try to give Houston a championship, which they haven't seen since the 94-95 season when they swept Orlando. And uh, they, the Houston needs a uh, – they're coming off a, you know, uh, a huge championship with the Astros. Now it's time for – uh, the Rockets to go ahead and, and take center stage as well and, and try to get that championship for uh, for the city of Houston because Clutch City has not been clutch in a long time. Yeah, Deshaun Watson looked really clutch, didn't he? Oh, Lord. That's another story for another day. <laughs> how do you how do you see uh, all these pieces fitting in in the rotation? Um, what I guess we'll start with the starting five. Uh, what do you think is going to be out there uh, on that first tip-off opening night? Well, you got to have Harden, Carmelo, Chris I Paul. I think Harden and Paul uh, have definitely earned a starting role. Who's that? I think so. <laughs> well, I mean, the funny thing is, you know, Mike D'Antoni has not said whether he's going to start or come on off the bench. Carmelo says he's not coming off the bench, but listen, 
He hasn't been really too hot the past couple of years. His stats prove it. Um, I would think they would give him a shot to, to start. Um, you also have Clint Capella. And then, you know, the the other spot, I don't know. You, you, gotta, you, you have a couple of options to choose from. Um, but I don't, I don't know who's going who's gonna to grab that spot. Uh, and, and there might be somebody that could, that could come out of nowhere and uh, just blow the doors off and do the preseason. I like, you know, you know who I do love um, that could possibly st- will start? Maybe Nene might go down there or they put, you know, Eric Gordon. But where would you put Eric Gordon at? Maybe the three and then Carmelo the four. But we already saw what Carmelo did as a, as a uh, down in the low block. Um, That's probably I would have, you know, like I said, James Harden, you know, Carmelo, Clint Capella, Chris Paul, and then maybe Nene. I, I I think we lean PJ Tucker in that. PJ Tucker, yeah, that's that's a, that. Well, that's true. That's very true. I would have I to. Was, you know what? I'm gonna have to side with you on that one. I sold all my Nene stock five years ago, and, and I, he I actually played pretty decent. He's actually played pretty decent. Uh, you know, of course, in the postseason, he didn't really do anything. Uh, not this past year. The year before, he did, but uh, you know. I, w- I would think that his six points a game can be replaced <laughs> with, with Marquise Chris playing uh, the backup four and the backup five whenever needed. And Marquise Chris can just get 25 minutes a game and just kind of play that. Man, I'll tell you what, if he can just recapture the magic that made him the number eight overall pick, that would be a huge win for Houston. I mean, he's, he's Especially a young guy you can control for many years. That would be nice. He could play, he could play uh, Clint Capella's backup for sure. He's not oh, a no defender, so... He's not dragging benders. You got that going for No, him. not at all. But it, it's going to be interesting when the, the season tips off. And they do. They they got a they got a crazy schedule, especially right out of the block. And uh, I'm looking forward to this team to make some noise and not just be a regular season team. Just to come come on strong in the playoffs. Now the trading deadline. I would love to see them possibly do something. You know, during the trading deadline. But I guess. We'll have to wait to see when that time comes, and if anybody's injured, or you know who's the who's the sexy name uh, that might be out there at that time. Kent Bazemore, I could see uh, pushing Brandon Knight in the first round pick or something like that for a for a Bazemore. That'd be yeah, beautiful. it would because guess because you know uh, at the end of the game they needed they needed more playmakers and scorers, and uh, I think they just didn't have it. It's going to be the season. You know they got a tough the tough. Uh, what five? Well, actually, six games. You got New Orleans to open up, and then you go to LA, meet LeBron, and then you stay on the West Coast with the Clippers, Utah Clippers again in Portland. That's gonna that's a huge measuring stick right off the bat to show you. Let's let's see what your team's really made of, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna know after October thirtieth what this team is is all about. If they need to, you know, gel a little bit more together, or if like wow. They're going to blow the socks off and say, man, this team could be a force to be reckoned with come February, March, um, you know, whenever and then the, when the playoffs start arriving in April. It's going to be a really good team, that uh, a very dangerous team that nobody wants to play. All right, Nick, so one of the beautiful things that Daryl Morey pulled off in his wizardry is keeping the mid-level exception through all of this. Now, the reason this is important, especially with that nice trade exception you got in the Ryan Anderson deal, is Trevor Reza is a good chance, probably one of the most likely guys to get bought out. 
uh, from his Phoenix contract when everything kind of goes south for them because we know they're not going to be a playoff team. And at some point, they're going to play these young guys they got. So my question to you is, how likely do you see the scenario that Trevor Reza could be back on this team for the playoff run? I think he could because uh, he can spot up and hit threes. He is uh, a, a big-time defender with the Rockets, I think, that are desperately lacking. Uh, even though he was um, he was a hot garbage pretty much, uh, maybe the two of the last three years in the playoffs, especially during that 0 for 105, you know, three-point streak. Uh, but I, I really do. I would I would take him in a heartbeat because, they, you know, they lost him and uh, Mabamute. Those are two guys that can play some defense. They still got P.J. Tucker and, uh, and uh, Clint Capella, you know, down low but i tell you what man trevor reza you know he he uh he didn't miss hardly any games i think he missed 16 in the last four years and that is huge especially in the nba as much uh much running as they do and injuries to the knees and the foot but he is uh, a guy with a locker room presence veteran leadership he's been in the league for what 15 years or whatever seems like uh but I, i think that would be a really good idea for daryl morey to to come in and bring him back and he would be a huge factor in the playoffs. And, um, I think Rockets fans would, would embrace that. Uh, and I, I would, I, I would be at the top of the list there too. Yeah, I definitely agree with all of that there. Uh, it seems like Melo is kind of the replacement for Ryan Anderson as bleak as that sounds. Um, and it seems like the replacement for Trevor Ariza, uh, is kind of James Ennis. Now, I'm a Pistons fan, uh, and I got to watch James Ennis for about 20 minutes a game last year. Um, I, I'm, I don't see it here. I, I don't, what am I missing? Uh, no one was talking about James Ennis. No one thought James Ennis should have been a starter. Um, no one thought James Ennis was better than Stanley Johnson, which is pretty rough. Um, yeah. James Ennis was kind of just like a guy. Um uh, you know, he only shot 30% from three last year. He's not he's not a three and D kind of player. Uh, I don't know. what. Why all the hype on James Ennis? Do you think he's being overhyped right now? People- uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see, you know, if he can crack the rotation. Yeah, he, you know, he's a big guy, 6'7". But honestly, you look at his stats, he hasn't done anything in the NBA. I agree. He has not done anything. Thank you. Thank and, you. Um, Thank you. You know. And, you know, to be honest, I mean, guy, what in one, what was it, uh, a few years ago, I think, what, he was, what, maybe like on three or four teams in one year or something like that? I don't know if he was getting cut or traded or whatever, but it was just bizarre on how many teams he was there for one year. Um, his best, I think, what, he had a good season, well, this past year and another few years ago. But, I mean, he's not, the, he's not a guy that Houston needs to lean on. He's probably more like the 12th guy. Um, he's not going to make the nine room, nine man rotation unless in you know barring injuries and stuff. Then he'll he'll get in there. But I mean, I would assume that he's there for death purposes and uh, just to you know play garbage time. But I'm not buying the hype on him. Neither should anybody else. Thank you. And uh, because he hasn't really done anything to warrant the hype. Thank you. I knew I liked you, Nick. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I right, so let's just let's just be honest. Now you know you mentioned that he shot 30 percent from the field. And I think, or from, from three point land, I think he shot 45%, you know, combined. And actually, he shot 57%, everything under, uh, you know, uh, below, the, uh, below the arc. But, uh, you know, he's a guy who's not going to wow you or do anything. Like I said, he just picks up, you know, 
garbage points. He's not. He's never really been a starter, except right. for a few years ago. Um, I think he started twenty plus games. But other than that, I mean, is a guy that I don't think Rockets fans should be worried about if he has you know a couple of good nights here and there. Hey, that's that's a win in itself. I agree. So we've talked uh, a good deal about Melo, um, just a little bit sprinkled in here there so far. I would like to kind of just nail down uh, okay. your expectations for Melo. Um, Who is he going to be? Um, I know we've seen many versions of Melo. Um, Who is he going to be? What should we expect? And um, will he be a starter for the entire season? Uh, look, right now, Carmelo Anthony, for me, um, I think his hesitation to kind of transition to the next stage of his career as a bench bench player uh, is, is I think it's the ego that's saying, look what I've done through the course of my career. You know, I, I'm not, this is not who I am. I'm not going to sacrifice getting off the bench because I know I'm better than that. He's got to, he's got to have a reality check and say, you know what? I need to do what's best for the team and what's best to get me to the NBA finals and my team to the NBA finals. Um, you know, we all know that he's a tremendous talent, especially on offense. And is he going to perform with consistency night in and night out that we saw in his younger days? No. But there's still going to be some quarters, and there's still going to be some games where he is going to single-handedly be Houston's offense, I feel. And, you know, how many games? I don't know. But there is going to be some of those flashes of quarters. You're going to go, oh, man, look, there's Carmelo. That is why Houston got him. Now, um, you know, and that's why I believe that he could be such a weapon with the second unit coming in uh, instead, of, instead of being a starter. Now, like I said, I think he, he will start until that he shows that, you know, the progress is not there or he's, he's just not, you know, uh, not, you know, in sync with the first unit. Then he'll come off the bench, but um, but he needs to he needs to you know be accountable that if he doesn't play well he needs to understand that he's going to sit and come off the bench and be a role player, and you know whether Mike D'Antoni is has uh, is going to use that approach or not we don't know, but I mean they signed him for a reason they signed him to not take over the team but he knows that he's going to play third fiddle maybe maybe fourth fiddle I should say behind Clint Capella. Um, I agree, but but I think that he'll get he'll get some they'll get some productive minutes out of him, and uh, you know I didn't think that he was a great fit for for Oklahoma City because I thought they were just trying to build this superpower team like everybody else was doing with them and Paul George and and uh, and Russell Westbrook, but you know there was times you know last year where he wouldn't even touch the ball and that's something that he he's not used to in his entire career you know with Denver. And then with New York, you know, he was a guy who always had the ball in his hands. You know, now he's got to come to terms where, where I might be the fourth option, and he's got to live with that. And if James Hart and, and uh, Chris Paul, they do go out and get a breather, well, you know what? Let's see what he can do. Let's see what he can do when the stars are on the bench. Is he going to be that guy that can, you know, kind of plug in and not miss a beat? Is he going to be that difference maker for the Rockets? Or is he going to be that person we saw last year that, you know what, Father Time is catching up with them and it's, uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, not too long to where he's not going to be able to hang anymore. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, so I guess how I feel on it, I feel like it's a pretty low risk 
financially, obviously. Um, low risk, high reward. Yeah, it's very low risk in the fact that, like, yeah, you're giving, what is it, 1.5 mil. 1.5 mil to Carmelo Anthony. That is low risk. Um, I will say that it is high risk in the fact that there's only a certain amount of starters on your team, right? You are giving oh, yeah. one of the five starting positions to Carmelo Anthony, which, in my opinion, I would deem... Um, it, risque. Maybe, yeah, risque, I would say. Um, so, it's low risk, but I do think um, it is also still risky um, in the fact that he's in the starting rotation. So, it'll be very interesting. I think he'll be uh, one of the bigger um, stories of the season. Um, you know, once he once he has the one game where he gets... You know, thirty-two points. Everyone's gonna freak out. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know that's gonna. You know, whenever he, he gets something over twenty, and he, he goes maybe five or seven from downtown, people are gonna go nuts and say, "Oh, that's why we brought him here." And but they got to realize, you know what? You know, um, every squirrel is gonna find a nut nowadays, and here and there. And this is a guy where we know what he's gonna get. He's a shooter. He he's a, he, and he's a streaky shooter too. And the game, you know, the thing I like about, I've always liked about Carmelo is it doesn't matter if he goes one for 21, almost like James Harden. If, if it doesn't matter how bad they're shooting, they're still going to shoot because they have the utmost confidence in himself. And I'm glad that he's got confidence in himself. But again, he's not a, he's not a young puppy anymore. And these young guys, you know, are going to have to take over. And he's going to have to realize his role. And if he ultimately wants to win a championship, he's going to do what's better part, uh, what's in the best interest for Houston. And that could be possibly coming off the bench. Um, I would say we'd have to probably give it give it about a month. Uh, like I said, I, I think that he's going to start. He came here to start. They're going to give him the opportunity to start. And then we'll see where his game goes from there. Because if this starts lacking and he's not producing, you know, Mike D'Antoni has been in this business for a long time. And uh, he's, you know, Carmelo, Carmelo played with him. And so he knows that. He quit because of Carmelo. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, hopefully you know, they say their differences are aside now. That they're they're they've grown up and uh, two different people now. Can they coexist? Uh, hopefully they do. The better part of the team because you know the person that if they can't coexist, the one person that's going to leave is going to be Carmelo Anthony because Rockets really don't need him. But hopefully he could be that little missing piece that they've been lacking. Um, to get them back to the finals. So Nick, <clears throat> with every team preview we've done, we've kind of, for between both shows, uh, we've done what's called, we've tried to get a bold prediction from the, you know, the person who's covering the team we're talking about. So yeah, I'm curious, man, for a team that won 65 games last year, was one win away from winning an NBA championship because they would have smoked Cleveland. Not as bad as Golden State did, but pretty close. Um, I don't see any way that Cleveland could have even maybe got a game or two on them at best. Oh, like a LeBron breakout game. That'd be about it. Yeah. And a team that's had a strange, strange, strange roster reboot. What is your bold prediction for the 2018-19 Houston Rockets? My bold prediction, they'll win 55 games and go back to the Western Conference Finals. That is my bold prediction. And uh, lose to Golden State because... Until somebody knocks off Golden State, I don't see I don't see anybody uh, else coming out of the West and going to the finals. That's just that's just facts. And uh, even though that you know there's some teams out west that got really better, uh, I just don't see it. I don't see 
see them go into the finals unless a catastrophic injury happens to one of the big big players. And I'm not talking about DeMarcus Cousins or Draymond. I'm talking about either Steph Curry or Durant or possibly Clay Thompson. One of those, especially if one of those two go down, Curry and Durant, then that's a game changer. God hope I don't want nothing to happen to them either. But if something does happen, that is a huge game changer, and that could swing in the Rockets' favor. But 55 wins, Western Conference Finals is is my final answer. What seed would uh, a Houston Rockets team with 55 wins be in the Western Conference? Oh, man. Uh, I would say maybe two. Two seed. Two seed. Because you know what? You better look out for Denver. You know, I'm I'm, uh, buying high on Denver of what the – and that – and that's, you know, barring Isaiah Thomas, if he gets back to uh, what he once was with the, with the Celtics, him, Paul Millsap, uh, Nikolai. I mean, that, that team is on the rise, and uh, they got some really, really good young talent. And I think this, that's a team that can make some noise in the West as well. Like teams like San Antonio, Lakers, I mean, they'll be, you know, fighting for, you know, um, in the lower half of the playoffs, if that. But I tell you what, it's going to be a wild season. Wild season. It is. No, I mean, honestly, the, uh, the end of the regular season, uh, especially in the Western Conference, uh, is going to be one of the better you know, regular seasons um, in recent history that I can think of. Uh, when you're looking yeah. at all these really, really competitive teams, teams like the Lakers where they're like, oh, are they going to fight for an eight seed? No, I personally think that the Lakers will probably move up to about six or so. Um, five or six. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's where they're at. They're not any. They're not anywhere near the top four at all. Nowhere near the top four. Um, a team like that fighting for like a six seed, and uh, teams like Minnesota, who are you know these mini uh, quote unquote super teams. You know what I mean? Where they have a big three, and they're like fighting for a playoff spot the last game of the season against this Denver team that we're also saying is stacked. Um, I, I just think it's going to be an awesome end of the regular season. Oh, you got to forget about you know Utah had a had a had a great great record. Uh, I think I think I think Utah is going to be the third seed this year. They have some big time players. Uh, the general manager Dennis Lindsay, I know him. You know his son plays out here at uh, at Baylor, so I've had a chance to uh, talk with him a few times. Funny, he was on the he was on my flight sitting in front of me uh, about a year ago. Uh, when I was uh, in Kansas City, or coming back from Kansas City from the Big 12 tournament, and we talked for a while about his team, and you know, with Donovan Mitchell, uh, that that guy is a is a baller, and uh, and later in the year, the Jazz went 29 and six. I mean, later than that, that is tremendous, and there this there is a team where a lot of young talent, and they're going to be really really good. They're really good now, but I think they're going to be really really good. Uh, here in the next few years as well. But, yeah, you said OKC. You know, they talked about uh, uh, Russell Westbrook having uh, knee surgery. I don't think it's going to be that bad. He might miss a few games. That won't mean much. But uh, they'll be up there, Nuggets, and then, of course, the Lakers, and then, you know, probably Pelicans in Minnesota. But you still got Portland. You still got San Antonio. Clippers. Are they going to do anything? No. I don't think so. <laughs> no. They're a bit away. Don't do it. I mean, they lost DeAndre Jordan. He, you know, he went to Dallas, which, you know, I don't, I don't know why. You know, of course, the money. Dallas, and I, Dallas is no good. But uh, they'll take a step forward. You know, this year. Like a true no, yes, they will. They will. 
They will. They will love Dennis Smith Jr. Yes. And Luca is going to be fun. He is going. He's ready for prime time. Yeah, I'm excited for it all, my man. Well, Nick, uh, we're going to wrap it up. I really appreciate you coming on, my man. I would like to give you a uh, a, sh- a chance to uh, kind of plug yourself, give yourself a shout out. Um, where can our listeners find you? Read up on you? Anything like that? Um, the floor is yours, my man. Yeah, they can find me on Twitter at Nick Canizales, and then on Facebook, uh, Nick Canizales, K-C-E-N. And, of course, you can go to our website at kcentv.com. You can find uh, pretty much everything, Baylor, Texas A&M, Texas, Cowboys, Rockets, Spurs, Mavs, Texans, uh, Big 12 stuff. We we cover it all. So we're right in the heart of uh, Central Texas and and, uh, where it's hot and uh, humid. And if the heat is on here, and, and hopefully uh, the NBA season is going to be is going to be hot here coming up in a couple of months. We are hoping for it, man. And uh, I'm sure that we'll be watching it, enjoying it, uh, interacting with you on Twitter, and uh, we'll be speaking with you again soon, hopefully. I will be looking forward, guys. Good luck to your teams this year, Tim. Chicago Bulls. I'm telling you what, it's not they're not going to do well this year, but I'm going to have faith in them in a few years that they'll make the playoffs. They'll have some money have for faith. next year. And if they do make the playoffs, I'll have my brother take you out to dinner. <laughs> well, your brother still owes me for taking AJ Green in my own home, looking me that. in the eye, <laughs> looked me in the eye, and took my favorite player in our fantasy football draft. That is wrong. <laughs> tell him that is wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna have to tell him that when I see him. Absolutely. Well, awesome, Nick. This was great, dude. We really appreciate your time, guys. Thank you. Have a great week, and I look forward to calling you soon. Can't wait. All right.